We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Lion Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders they're predestined to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger. Let's jump in. All right, guys, for your meet episode this week, I'm so excited to have you here. But before we dig into it, let's look at our scripture, okay? Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Guys, I unpacked that scripture big time in our spiritual kickoff this week, and we do the spiritual kickoffs to serve you, to help you get your week going. So if you missed it, go check it out. I really dug deep into this scripture and gave you some ideas, and I even went through the gospel, guys. So if there's an opportunity for you to hear the gospel, go check it out. It's back there on the previous episode. And guys, I think this, this these SKOs are really important to help us get our weeks going, to give us that encouragement we need. Because the battle we face is real. So we're going to be talking about performance-driven giving. So this week we have David Hancock. And I'm going to tell you what, guys. This is a phenomenal guest. He's a Wall Street Journal, USA, USA Today bestselling author. He's the founder of Morgan James Publishing. They, NASDAQ actually cites him as one of the world's most prestigious business leaders. And he's reported to be uh, the future of publishing, guys. He's a big-time publisher. As a founder... He was, he was selected for Fast Company Magazine's Fast 50 for his leadership, creative thinking, significant ac- accomplishments, and impact on industry over the last 20 years. But one thing you're going to pick up from David is his heart. He just has a heart for giving guys. His stories are unbelievable. He's just a great, just a great person, just a great man, a great, strong believer. He's going to really unpack this. We're not going to be talking about an hour of tithing. I promise you that, guys. We could really dig into a lot of stuff. So I pray you take some notes. Just open your mind. Be be thinking about how you can take this performance-driven mindset and apply it to your life. So I'm not going to hold you back any longer, guys. Enjoy this conversation with David Hancock. All right, cool. We're good to go. All right, David Hancock, welcome to The Lion Within Us. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing absolutely incredible. And man, I tell you what, what a privilege it is to be on this show. I've heard and seen some amazing guests. I'm like, count me in. I'm honored. <laughs> well, brother, brother, the honor is all ours. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool when I think back through the guests and the people like you that God has opened up. I just can't believe it. So maybe for our listeners, before we start digging into our meat, give them a little bit about your story, your your background, your 
you know, I read a bio, but that's just me reading words. So let me tell them who you really are, man. <laughs> well, back in 1900, no, I won't go that far. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but you know, I tell you, I, I've been blessed, but you know, God's got a, a plan and sometimes a sense of humor. Well, all the times, um, it took me a while to find this home as a publisher. You know, I was a banker back in the nineties, fat, dumb, and happy, never imagined doing anything else, but, um, I was doing well, but my bosses were like, Hey, you've got to teach other people to do what you're doing. And I'm like, I really don't know what I'm doing. So I went down a path to study anything and everything around sales or marketing or industry specific stuff or other industries to try to figure out, you know, what is it that I'm doing and, and what could I teach and learn myself or whatever. And I went down an amazing path, met some amazing people from Tom Hopkins to Zig Ziglar to uh, Todd Duncan, Bill Backrack, you name them in the 90s. I bought their stuff. I went to their seminar and I implemented their courses. You know, I was, the, yeah. I'm the, you know, I was hungry for that stuff. But it wasn't until I discovered a book called Guerrilla Marketing that ended up changing my life. And in Guerrilla Marketing, and I ended up becoming friends with the author, J. Conrad Levinson, and I actually ended up becoming best friends. But in his book, I realized I was a gorilla and didn't know it. I was leveraging my time, my energy, and my imagination more than the bank account to get the customers and relationships that I needed. Now, we were spending an enormous money in marketing and advertising, but I quickly realized after really deep diving into gorilla marketing that that wasn't where my business was coming from. So I was able to mm -hmm. reduce the amount of money that I was spending on ads and increase the things that were working well relationships, engaging, things that work today still. And yeah. um, in that process of discovering guerrilla marketing, I just I ended up getting a relationship, as I alluded to, with Jay. And Jay coached me into writing my first book. And it was amazing. All the things he promised me that would happen from a from an entrepreneur, even though I was a W-2 employee, I, I had to treat my 100% commission job as if I were the entrepreneur behind it, because otherwise I wouldn't make any money. But even as uh, as my job and writing a book and getting it published put me, you know, at a higher level, higher plane level than everybody else. You know, so right. people would come out of the woodworks to talk to me. I was able to raise all my fees without taking advantage of anybody. Of course, uh, people didn't negotiate with me anymore, and media started to call me. So I really realized the power of the book. But I realized that the lack of relationship I had with my publisher was, was troubling. So long story short, three books traditionally, two of them co-authored with Jay Levinson in the Guerrilla Marketing Series, still struggle with the relationship with the publisher and even self-publishing a handful of books after that, I realized that there was a gap for entrepreneurs in publishing. You know, I wanted the credibility, the distribution, the opportunity of a typical traditional house, but really enjoyed the flexibility and creative control and involvement when I self-published, but nobody cared. <laughs> so got together with Jay, worked on an outline for an entrepreneurial type of publishing house that could serve others first uh, and help them realize their goals around the power of the book and just grew it from there. And uh, gracious, that was 20 years ago. So that was a long answer to a very short question, but I have, became, I have become a passionate entrepreneur uh, to help other people like me to leverage the power of their book and, and reach a good audience to educate, inspire, educate, and maybe even entertain the world, but take full advantage of being the authority behind the book so they can reach more people. Man, that is so incredible. So, and, and you're doing that. So you're located, was it Virginia that you're located as well? I live in Southeastern Virginia. Yep. And this is where we started. But uh, by 2005, I realized that nobody cared about being published by a Virginia publisher, though we were doing well, when you really should be published by a New York house. So we got a step out in faith. Uh, so we uh, got authority to operate in New York, got an office in New York, and everything doubled. <laughs> it was laughable, really? but it worked. So we are a New York house. 
but our biggest office is in Virginia where I'm at. Now we're also working from home. I'm working from home right now because of you know COVID, but we just haven't decided to go back in. But we will forever be a New York house for that very reason. <laughs> no kidding. What I, is, that's funny. I stayed here in Virginia with the kids because little Morgan and James of Morgan James Publishing were little and I don't want to take them to the city. I like where we're at. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I even, I went to school in your neck of the woods there at Old Dominion in Norfolk. So I'm mm-hmm. uh, very familiar with that area of, of Virginia and, and a lot of fun stuff to, to do for families down there for sure. Oh, yeah. And, and actually, ODU is where James is right now. He's 23. He's doing a double major in okay. computer science and electrical engineering. He is way smarter than me. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I did the, I did the electrical route. So uh, we may have, you know, of course, that was 20 years ago. So we probably don't have any of the same teachers, but actually, uh, it's, it's, it's a great, great program. So hats off to him. I, I, I didn't do the double major. I, he must just like torture or something, but he that, likes awesome. math and torture. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be praying the best for him for sure, man. So, you know, I, I was, we, we went through the scripture and kind of set this up for the guys and we're, and, and they know we're going to be talking about giving today in your book, yes. performance, dri- you know, performance driven giving. You know, I'm just curious. Why focus on a topic like this? I mean, this is you spent a lot of time. That's right. There it is. There it is, guys. For watching on YouTube, he just pulled it up. But why? Why spend so much focus on the topic of giving? You know, that's a great question, and it wasn't necessarily planned that way. When Bobby Kipper and I released performance driven thinking, which was the first in the series that hit the Wall Street mm-hmm. Journal bestseller list, you know, we had a plan for books around the whole concept of performance entrepreneurs, because with performance, you know, you either perform well or you perform poorly. There's no option. So every day you make a decision. Um, and right. we had lots of, we, have, we still have lots of plans for other books and other things around the performance mindset. But I lovingly kind of blame Dan Miller. And uh, I know he's, <laughs> he's been on your show in the past, but yes. uh, Dan and I were in a group of people in, in Nashville, you know, one day, and he asked me about my giving strategy. Because uh, from a publishing perspective, uh, I've always obviously been a, a, a believer, uh, a fan of tithing and an interesting right. story about what got us committed to tithing, you know, as perfectly as possible. But I've always been a fan of giving back because I've seen the action that happens from it, you know, post personally. So when we launched Morgan James, I, I had a true burning commitment to think, I, I think we should give back from a corporate perspective too. I know mm-hmm. that giving uh, is a big part of guerrilla marketing. Giving is one of the 200 you know, guerrilla marketing weapons that are out there. And the way that we leveraged it with, with our business was I chose Habitat for Humanity. And it meant something to me. It didn't necessarily need to mean something to the publishing world, but big fan of homeownership, big fan of community. I understand the power mm-hmm. of trying to keep that family together. And as a builder, I was a builder and as I, said, I was a banker, then I was a builder before then. So I was t- close to the homeownership space. Right. I, I bought my first house when I, I was blessed to be able to buy my first house when I was 20. Um, so I wanted to give back to Habitat because they give a hand up, not a handout to people. They're all about the same things, uh, community um, relationships and family units and trying mm-hmm. to keep the family together. Really amazing stuff. So anyhow, Dan, you know, has heard that story many, many times. So he just kind of asked me on the spot. And for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit just led the conversation. I just got real, real deep. And I'm giving because of this. I'm giving because I feel like from a tithing perspective, I just rattled off. I just started just rattling off things of why giving is important to me and why I think it should be important to anybody that could hear it, not only from the biblical mandate that we should be giving, but also from a business yeah. perspective. And we had so many doors open up because of our corporate giving. It was amazing. I'm happy to share any of those too, but it's just it it allowed me to go what probably he intended to be a five minute answer. We talked for 40 minutes 
or I talked for 40 minutes. And then we all talked for probably another hour after that or some, something like that. So I went back to the hotel that night and I just started to write down, man, I have something good. Hope I can remember all this stuff. And it just, it led to this book to share the power of, of uh, generosity in your life, both in business and in personal. And of course, a big angle on starting at home with the tithing. Yeah. I, and I'd love to know more. You, you mentioned you had a couple of stories around tithing and the, and the corporate giving. I mean, this is your platform, brother. Share with what you want, because I think that's inspiration that guys need to hear. Yeah. So happy to. So from a personal perspective, my bride and I have always been believers in tithing, uh, but life isn't always easy. In our early days of marriage, we had challenges, as, as everybody does. And we tithed as best we could. But at times we couldn't tithe and we didn't tithe and we weren't 100 percent on it like we should. I've seen mm -hmm. the power of tithing in my family. I understood it. But when it came down to, you know, are we going to be able to put food on the table or am I going to give to the church this week? I often made the wrong decision. But we were mm -hmm. in church, um, you know, one day uh, and the topic of time to start tithing came up. And, and you know, cause that's that's what people think they talk about every week, but which isn't, of course. But uh, yeah, usually uh, once or twice a year. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but, but if you don't go very often, you usually show up on those two days, right? <laughs> oh, those two Sundays. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, so the, the pastor, uh, our, our current pastor was really I think he was obviously divinely led, but he gave a message that just pierced us both. He challenged us versus just telling us that we should be tithing and why and all the blessings. He challenged us. He said, you know, uh, we were in, we were in, we were not only tithing, of course, we're being compelled to tithe like we should, but we were also in a building fund project, which many churches mm -hmm. go through once or twice in, in their, their lives or, or, or history. So we were also in that. So it was not only a conversation about tithing and a conversation about giving above and beyond. It was really good, but he challenged us. He said, if, if you give 10%, like you're supposed to for 90 days and you don't get above and beyond back, I will refund your tithe 100%. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I've always believed it, but it's like, wow, I know that's true. But, but the audacity of this guy. So I, we committed that we were going to do it, even in the uncomfortable times. Sure enough, it was weeks before I got back from unexpected money more than I had tithed in, in that entire time. So my tithe, if I added up the whole nine, 90 days or, or three, or, uh, would I say uh, three months? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I actually earned more than that, you know, before the first few weeks, it was just amazing. I mean, I probably screwing up that story, but that's, that was a reality. So then from then on out, man, we have been not, not tithing to expect tithing to be obedient, but know the power of God always providing as long as we're faithful. And then from right. a business perspective, we were doing the same thing. We were giving back. Now we, we do let people know that we give back, but it's not all about us. It's not about, the notoriety we might be able to get from giving back, but I do let people know, you know that we partner with Habitat. So in our early days in the publishing house, um, we were hearing back from our sales reps that bookstores, you know, across the country, and, and this came back multiple times, bookstores across the country were giving an unknown publisher at that time to, and they had largely unknown authors. Now we were blessed with some significant players in the early days, of course, and still today, but largely our authors are up and coming. But they were giving us a chance in their bookstore because they saw us building houses down the street from their store. Now, you and I both know that Morgan James wasn't swinging hammers down the street from their stores, but we were supporting the organization that was. So right. they gave us a chance. And sure enough, it just, you know, that, that wave of, of us giving back, that conversation about us caring about others, which was very 
natural for, for our staff. We're all, we all believe the same thing. Um, in 2008, we got a call like on a Wednesday from NASDAQ and they said, Hey, I hear you do this. We love this. And this week is all about giving. Hey, can you come ring the opening bell for us on Friday? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> so we actually got a chance to ring the opening bell in 2008. It was December 17th, 2008, I believe. Oh. And uh, all because of our, our philanthropy mindset. Now we hadn't given millions of dollars to Habitat at that point, but we were giving regularly and the word was out that we were giving and it was unusual in publishing. And really unusual in business. Mm -hmm. Most most businesses that give, give to get something. We give just to bless. Now, we end up getting a lot, but it wasn't the reason why we get. But um, yeah, so that was like amazing. And so we still do it today. Well, I mean, two phenomenal stories. And what keeps coming to mind for me when you were going through it is just your diligent stewardship. And I try to work with guys a lot about what a steward is and being the manager of what God provides versus, you know, thinking that it's ours. But you've you just right there two examples from a personal standpoint and from a, from a professional standpoint. When you're a good steward of the, the provisions that He provides, the blessings that can come, you know, and it's not expected. You do it out the right heart, but the blessings do come once you prove to to God that that you that you can handle that you can manage it. It's really phenomenal the things that He starts to move. Yeah, Amen. Amen. But giving goes way beyond just uh, the power of giving as we're being asked to of God. The real blessings start coming when you give above and beyond. And it doesn't have to be money. It could be of your time. Right. It could be of your talent. It could be of serving. It could be could right. certainly be of money in certain areas. But, uh, you know, you just take it one step further and open up that generosity to beyond just our obligation to tithe and give to others. Oh, my gosh. And you start seeing some of the blessings roll in above and beyond. You know, as, as Dan always says, the, the cup will continue to run us over, <laughs> which right. is a biblical statement, but you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, amen, brother. Amen. Hey, let's take a quick break. I get a chance to talk to guys every week, and one consistent struggle that keeps rising is the lack of community. To address this, we created the Lion's Den to start building a community of Christian brothers with the aim of serving them resources to combat the darkness. We are working hard to bring encouragement, inspiration, and tips to help you be the leader you're predestined to be. As part of the Lions Den, you'll also be first in line with new opportunities, events, and resources that are designed to serve you in your journey. So hop over to thelionwithin.us to sign up for the Lions Den for free. That's thelionwithin.us and become a member of the Lions Den today. Now, now, you mentioned Dan a few times, and I'm, I'm curious here because, I mean, Dan's a great guy. I'm part of his 48 Days community. I'm learning from Dan and, and recorded with him. But in your book, Dan talked about the receiving end and the struggle that so many people have with that receiving. So I, I just was going to give you an opportunity to just dig into that for us because I know there are a lot of guys out there that struggle with actually receiving the gifts. Yeah. It can be hard to be a receiver, especially if you're a giver. Um, and it's it's something that we all can struggle with at certain times. We feel like maybe we don't deserve it or somebody else is, is, is in more need. Um, it can just be uncomfortable. And that's just a part of human nature. So one of, the, mm -hmm. one of the easiest things that I tell people, if you struggle in giving, is to just take a step and breathe for just a moment and realize that if you resist being a receiver, you end up um, allowing the blessing of the giver to happen, you know, cause you know, there is a huge blessing in those mm -hmm. of us that give 
but we have to be able to, to give to somebody and that somebody needs to receive it. So we have to look at that mindset from the other side of the table, you know, to, it's just as a, just as good of a opportunity to be received upon it as it is to give. But when you're looking at it from a, from a, a performance mindset is if I continue to resist, you know, the giving, if I constantly try to pay for dinner, if I'm always trying to step up above somebody else, you know, pride can certainly come in. But also each time I do that, I may be robbing somebody else of, of the gift that they're giving. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it's a it's a challenge to to help uh, people understand that that receiving is just as much of a blessing as the giving side. But it's just being aware of uh, of how that uh, can it can bless you by helping somebody else get the blessing. Absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I love how you break that down. And, and I think that's an area that we all need to consider as, as we move forward. And you you, you break it down. You, you talk about the roots of giving. And the branching out and bearing the fruit, but there was something, and it was—I believe it was in the second chapter. I got—I had the book right here where you talked about the spiritual effects, oh. the spiritual perspectives of giving, rather. And you dug into Second Corinthians, and it was like ten things that 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 really principles that opened up my eyes of giving. <laughs> I thought, you know, if this is this being a Christian men's podcast. Would you mind going through maybe just a couple of those or, or, or if you want to go through them all? I just thought these were really cool. And I think it, it, it opened my eyes greatly. And, and I think it would be a blessing to the listeners out there to, uh, to hear some of these principles because you hit it, you hit it right on the head here. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. I'm happy to. I'll break out some of my notes here, but you know, the, the fun part about, um, this chapter, by the way, is uh-huh. Satan tried to steal some of my joy when I released this book. Why is that? Okay, how? You got to tell us more. Okay, so you know, I have been writing in the business world since the 90s. I started writing okay. in the writing and reference world with guerrilla marketing for writers, the entrepreneur author, and things like that around the, 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 um, you know, the, the book publishing world. And with performance-driven thinking and, and performance-driven giving, I'm writing back into the business space. But this is a business book. And in chapter two, I deep dive into the spiritual aspects of giving. And, uh, and we certainly talk about the roots of giving, the biblical aspects, and the, the power mm-hmm. of tithing and going above and beyond. But um, I put it in chapter two on purpose. You know, I'm like, I want to set the stage. I want to set the foundation for why I give so that I can help others understand why they should give. And then we go into the yeah. business side and the generosity side, dealing with non-givers and things like that. But as soon as the book, I mean, literally pub date comes and I'm listening to the audio again because <laughs> um, I'm constantly trying to continue to remember what I say. Uh, but I listen to the audio again, and I'm really enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, it rolls into chapter two. And then we start talking about the spiritual side of giving. And I get this feeling like, oh, my gosh, I've made a mistake. I'm preaching to him in chapter two. I'm going to lose so many people. They're going to walk away from the book because, you know, I'm, I'm, it's marketed as a, as a business book. Mm-hmm. And I just get this feeling like I've really just messed up. And then no one's going to listen to this stuff. I have failed in my mission to try to teach giving by talking about God too soon. <laughs> and I, that, I, I struggled with that for a short while, longer than I should have. But then I had this piece. I finally had this piece that said, you know, it's in the right place and it is who I am. And God led me to have this realization that that's who I am. If I talk to you on the street and we're talking about giving, well, one of the first things I'm going to say is this is why. So why not right. do it? In the book? I mean, so I, I got over it. And then, oh my gosh, what a blessing. Book sales have come in. Every feedback I've got has been amazing. And the invites I'm getting, like, and I'm grateful to be here, but the invites I'm getting from, from podcasts like yours is just, they constantly come and I'm, I'm just so blessed. And no one's yet said, why did you preach to me in chapter two? 
And they all haven't been faith-based podcasts either. In fact, the majority right. of them have been secular podcasts. So right. he tried to steal the joy, but you got, you got to, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you didn't let it happen. I know. So uh, I'm happy to kind of share a little bit, even if we just kind of highlight, touch some of the, the absolutely and principles of giving. Um, the most complete teaching on giving, of course, we have in the Bible is the Second Corinthians chapters eight through nine. In those two chapters, the Apostle Paul lays out an example of how Christ's followers should live. Uh, one of those areas, of course, is in giving. Uh, one, of course, is giving is only made possible by God's grace. Uh, mm -hmm. Literally means that we have the power to give only because the Lord's given to us. We are able to give right. because he has given to us. So right. understanding that everything that we have is because of our relationship with the Lord and what he's given to us, the talents and tasks that he's given us, um, regardless of how we think we earned our our uh, stature, our revenue, or anything in life, it is only by the grace of God that we have it. And sometimes that's, that's right. hard to understand because a lot of times we entrepreneurs take pride in building something from scratch, but that scratch was handed to us by the Lord. <laughs> right. That's uh, right. Number two is giving draws out the best in us. Uh, for instance, uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 2, it says, for in, in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. So regardless of the situation that you're in, if you can still give, you can receive above and beyond. Um, test those difficult situations. Um, in, my, in my history, you know, growing up, um, struggling in those early years, I mean, I got married when I was 20 years old. I had a back injury when I was 21. Uh, no, let's say I got married at 20, bought a house at 20, got married in, as 21, had a back injury in 21. I spent two years recovering from a back injury. Back injury. We had nothing mm. at that point. You know, we mm -hmm. had a house and debt, you know. But uh, as we continued to give, God continued to give to us. Little right. here, little there, big here, big there. But it was only be, only way I would have really, really realized that, that when we were, we thought we were on the downside, that we were being uh, affected by life in general, but us giving helped us have the peace to get through it and then overcome right. it in the, in the future. So we'll go more in details about that, of course. Um, also, number three is a good one is giving is a privilege. Uh, the yeah. believers did not reluctantly give They in the Bible. They literally begged Paul for the opportunity to participate. They viewed it as a favor Paul was doing for them. So if you look at giving as a, an opportunity and a privilege to do so, it opens up the mindset of, being able to to serve more people, receive the blessing for giving, but then you start looking for opportunities to give. You start creating opportunities to give. Uh, or, mm -hmm. uh, again, it doesn't have to be money. So, for instance, I serve on several boards. It's a way that I can kind of give back to topics that are important to me. It doesn't cost me anything, but I seek out opportunities to give on that side, and I get rewarded so well, sometimes financially, sometimes just by the blessing of the connections, but, you know, seeking out and understanding that giving is a privilege uh, will definitely open up those ideas to think, well, how else can I give? You know, it, it's a, it's right. an honor. Uh, God's given us talent and um, and maybe even uh, wealth to be able to use to do and to bless others as well. That's right. Um, this is also one of my favorite ones, number four, which is all about giving is just as important as knowledge. So as I mentioned earlier in the talk about me just being on this quest to learn what I could about sales and marketing and business and how I could grow my my business, but also help others do the same, um, I realized that knowledge was powerful. There were things that I was learning, whether it was guerrilla marketing, other stuff, you know, that really enabled my day to go better, easier, more profitable, uh, less problems, less stress. 
In fact, yeah. I write about that in a book called The Entrepreneur Author about the power of a business when you're an author, but the stresses that can kind of tie in being a solo entrepreneur with a book. Um, but I realize as I give and also learning from Second Corinthians 8, 7, that giving um, is, more, I think, more powerful in some cases than the actual knowledge. Because look at the power of somebody who can give a, a, a little bit that can change so much. Um, I can yeah. donate a little bit of time. I can donate a little bit of money to an organization that could take it so much further because of little bits from all of us. So it, it ends up bringing more power, more knowledge, more opportunity to others by this little privilege I have of giving. So in my my thinking, the the gift of giving uh, is more more important than knowledge. If if I had to go back, I would have started giving you know more abundantly in those early days and kept, and followed the knowledge stuff later. The way it works so well. Right. <laughs> uh, number five is giving is proof of your love for others. Now, I don't know how easy it is for some people to give without thinking, how is this going to affect somebody? Certainly, there are people that give completely selfishly. They give only mm -hmm. to receive the notoriety or give only right. to receive a tax deduction. But if you take that out um, or do it long enough, you'll start realizing that you're having an impact and the lives that you're reaching can have an impact on you. So it enables you to show your love, but also helps you develop more love for that, that, mm. that method that you're giving. So I have actually seen cold hearted business people give and give and give and give. But when you have a chance to kind of talk to them about the impact they're having, they're having a little bit yeah. of humility comes in, a little bit of you know, grace starts to show up and they start realizing I do love what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not just giving for this. And it's just an amazing transformation that you can see in people if they do it long enough. Amen. Um, number six is giving should be voluntary without expecting anything in return. So along those same lines, you know, certainly we do get some tax benefits for giving. Um, um, some people struggle with giving, um, you know, too much to a, a waiter or a waitress that may not have given the best you know, service. But I'm like, mm -hmm. give regardless of the service because they could need it. They may need it. Give even if you know you'll never get it back. Give no matter what happens. Give even if the tax deduction isn't there because the blessing will still arrive. So if you look at right. it from that mindset, just give. Um, and if you expect things to come back in return, um, your heart's not in the right place and you may not get the blessing that you really could be getting um, or mm -hmm. any blessing at all or, delay, like I said, maybe delayed blessing. Uh, but uh, give without expecting you know anything in return would definitely be the biggest thing. Now, now you and I both know that the Bible says that if we give, we will receive. But that's not why we should give. That's just a a blessing in abundance of because of being obedient to give. Amen, brother. Uh, let's see. Now, we don't have to go through all of them, but I'm kind of enjoying this. So number seven is we are. Hey, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the ride. So I mean, just just keep rolling, brother. I know, right? So maybe we'll we'll stop. Um, uh, I don't know. You're at what? Number uh, eight? Number eight. So number, uh, seven. number seven. So we are blessed in accordance with our giving. So well, this, this might be a great place to stop. So how can you might think, well, how can I be blessed in the accordance that I give, but I can only give a little bit? <laughs> well, if a little mm -hmm. bit is a lot to you, God will bless you a lot to him. <laughs> and that's probably right. the simplest way to say it. Um, so if you have have a lot, you need to give a lot. If you have a little, give what you can, but it can become a lot. Uh, it can be more effective that way. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, um, Paul says, the point of, is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever mm -hmm. sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. For, so for those, some of those that may not understand for that philosophy, if you're just putting enough seed on the top of the, the mound that you've just plowed, you're going to get just a little bit of crop. But if you've 
amply just throw down all the seed in the world. Some sure some's going to get eaten, some's going to get scorched by the sun. But if you amply throw down those seed uh, and sow in abundance, you will get an abundant crop every time. Yeah. So that's a good. Let's. Well, I tell you what, though, David, the, the last one is so impactful to me Ooh, yes. and the listeners. I feel like we're going to leave them hanging. So let's go. Let's go through the last three, because I mean, that, <laughs> particularly that 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 last one, I think, is something that men need to hear more. And and but, you know, eight's also great. And nine. So would you mind just giving a brief? I mean, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but this is good stuff. I am honored to hear somebody say that this is good stuff. So but again, this is straight out of the scripture. So I can't take full credit yes. for this. This is me pulling absolutely out, highlighting it for you guys. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> so number eight, our giving should be joyful. This is a great time. For Amen. You. I know, right? And when you when you know you're going to give, receive an abundance because you're giving, it certainly makes it easier to give. So understanding God will bless us for giving certainly helps make it a little bit more of a joyful process. But if you're very intentional, this is what I'm talking about here in number eight. So this is a great time to examine whether you feel joy, whether you give. If you do not, why? The reason is probably because you feel something is being taken away from you when that's not the mm -hmm. case at all. Um, you may feel like something is now lacking in your life because you gave. But when you look at the principles that we've discussed so far, you know that God is the source of all of our blessings. He literally owns everything. We talked about that earlier, too. So we don't need to worry about our needs not being supplied. We need to worry about being obedient in giving and giving in abundance, even if that abundance is, you know, as we talked earlier, a smaller amount compared to your revenue compared to someone else's revenue. Give right. and you will get the blessing because um, if you do it with a joyful heart, you will be rewarded with a joyful heart. And right. So that, that one's good, too. Um, number nine, uh, we are channels of God's blessing. So people often get worried about when you're talking about channeling something. I'm not talking about channeling anything, but the blessing that God said he's giving us to be able to reach others. So the more we give, the more we can give. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will provide or produce thanksgiving to God. That's another great one. So the more you the more you give, the more you have the ability to give is the way I'm reading that one. Amen. And then hey, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up this number 10 because I want these guys to hang on for this one. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't jump in a boxing ring and expect to win without training, right? So why do you think you can win the battle against Satan without putting in the work? For the Christian man, it starts with knowing scripture in your heart. To help you out and get started with your training, we created a free guide of 10 scriptures you need to fight like a lion. Go grab this free resource and I'm going to come alongside of you in a series of personal and engaging messages designed to challenge and help you grow. So get equipped today with scripture that will help you fight the battle you're in. Visit thelionwithin.us to get started today. That's thelionwithin.us to unlock this free guide you need to fight like a lion. All right, David, so you went through the first nine. What's number 10 here? All right, you're going to love this, but obviously you already do, and thank you for that. Number 10 is simply our giving honors God. Uh, Paul concludes this extraordinary passage of scripture by reminding us that giving is ultimately an act of worship. God supplies mm -hmm. the seeds. He brings the harvest. And the end result is what we bring honor to him since we get to participate 
in serving others. Serving is not a burden, should not be. It's, it's a privilege. It's an honor. No matter whether you're an entrepreneur, a worker in a factory, or the president of a billion-dollar company, you're always serving something or someone. If you are a person of faith, you're ultimately serving God. In the movie Gladiator, Russell Crowe plays Maximus, a general in the Roman army. The opening scene shows Maximus preparing his troops for battle against the, the Germanic tribes. And just before the battle commences, Maximus delivers a rousing speech to the troops, reminding them what we do in life echoes in eternity. Oh my gosh, that's a powerful statement. I got chills. Mm. The, this truth that applies to our, this truth also applies to our giving as well. If we can put out the correct lenses and see our giving from God's point of view, this new perspective will help us see that our giving does indeed echo into the eternity. Brother, I mean, guys, do you realize what he just gave us right here? I mean, in this again, straight from scripture, but David, you drilled it. I mean, that in that 10th point is I think we need to just make sure we understand that the, the, the honoring God, worshiping God, Amen. and it comes through that heart of giving. Amen. Man, brother, well, I am curious from, from you guys out there that are listening. They have they, they there's obstacles that keep them from giving. And, and, and sometimes I refer to it, David, as, you know, think of a closed fist, right? Mm. You got that closed fist. We got when it's our, our money that's in it, and and we we got our our hand wrapped around it so tight. Well, nothing can come in or out. Nothing can flow. But if we actually open that hand up, that fist up, you know, then the blessings. Yeah, it can go out, but it also can come in. And and I've, so I made this connection with a group of guys I was I was coaching them the, the other night of just hey, think through that when you think about tithing and giving, having that open palm versus a closed fist. And maybe what, what obstacles do you see from guys when it comes to the just mentally of giving, you know, what, what else is out there? Some of it is the, um, the, the mindset of, of, um, feeling like they, they're giving just enough to get by with what the Lord's asking us for to do, to do and not realizing the, the mm -hmm. abundance of giving above and beyond. Um, some mm -hmm. of it is, um, understanding that it doesn't necessarily have to be money. I think I mentioned that a moment ago. So a, a great, yeah. So a great way to start testing, um, your ability to give is give in what you have. Let's say you don't have any, or you think you don't mm -hmm. have any cash. God will still bless you by giving some of your time and talent. As we mentioned, serve on a board, you know, help uh, others, you know, spend a few minutes um, with the family, uh, put your phone down at the dinner time. All those things can help release that grasp, that grasp on everything you're trying to control and opening it up to things that you can receive the blessing of that time with your family, the blessing of serving others on that board. And then eventually you'll start to be more and more willing to give not only of your time and your talent, but also uh, above and beyond in the cash that the Lord will be bringing to you to help fulfill that. Whether you're an entrepreneur, like I said, or, or a business person or right. a school teacher, it doesn't matter. You've got you've got gifts to, to give. And again, the less you hold tight to your time and talent and money, the more that God can put in there. Uh, so I think that's at least the start of a path. Amen. And I'm also thinking, too, you know, I, I coach guys a lot around. Uh, budgeting, you know, I had, again, got the engineering background, so I'm pretty big on processes and things like that, but I'm also pretty big on budgets. And I, so many times I've seen guys and well, not just guys, families in general, they, they put the giving at the bottom. So, you know, I'm, I got to pay my expenses, my bills, all this stuff. And if we have anything left over, then we'll give that. And I challenge them, yeah. flip it. You know, giving's got to be at the top and then, then you manage everything else according to that. I'm just curious on your take. All right. So my take, it comes with a little bit of a balance from my banking background. 
Okay. I know full well that if you're if you're struggling to make ends meet and you put giving on the bottom after you pay all the other bills you have, you know there's a there's a high probability that giving may not happen. It may not happen in the in the in the amount it should, or may not happen in the way that you wish you could give. But you're right. exactly right. If you flip it and put giving first and put it in the budget on the top, it's the first thing you do every month. In fact, right. in our in our family, it is in the budget. It comes out every single week uh, automatically. Yep. You know before any other bills get paid. And amazingly, even though the numbers don't seem to add up when you first look at it, if you give first, this bill gets paid. This bill gets paid. Yep. God managed this bill to get it paid. God managed this bill to be you know, forgiven or, or something like that. It always mm-hmm. works. And God says it will. But if you treat it like the first bill of the month that gets paid, all your other needs will be met. If you do it with the right heart, not expecting mm-hmm. that to happen, knowing that it will happen. Mm-hmm. There's a fine line there, but God says he will give it to us. So, yeah, absolutely. Again, even if you're a spreadsheet guy and you're like, well, if I put that bill here, there's not enough for the last three bills. Look at the spreadsheet again on day 27 and go, where did that money come from? That's and right. You know it came from God. Now, there may be a guy that's sitting there struggling with where we're at right now, David, and they're, and they're thinking, you know, I, I can't do that. Do you have any advice on starting small or, 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 or baby steps, if you will, to get them go headed in the right direction? Baby steps is to start small. I think it really is a good way to start. Uh, instead of trying to tithe once a month, try, try to tithe uh, every time you get a paycheck, you know, whether that's once a week mm-hmm. or every time you do a, a, if you're a service provider, every time you get, you know, paid for a certain job, you know, take it off the top. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, why shouldn't you charge more? You know, bump your fee up a little bit to accommodate. If you're worried that you're not being able to make your bills, you know, God's given you the talent and the and the skill and the relationships and hopefully the um, um, you know the um, the reputation to be able to do what you're doing. Bump your prices up a little bit, but give accordingly mm-hmm. as well, and you'll start to see those things start to open up for you. But give small. I mean, it's really hard to give at the end of the year. It's really easy to give at the beginning of each week. Right. And I tell people too, man, just, just build, just build that, that, uh, that muscle memory in. And if you, if you put some percentages around it, maybe you're not, you don't want to do 10%, you know, uh, for some reason, you know, you, you feel like that that's, that's just not the right number. Well, I suggest you read scripture, but then, but then once you go back and you figure out what, whatever that number is, if you make it a math problem, to me, it always makes it a little bit simpler too, particularly if you're, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're in type of service type work where, where, you know, maybe big, big commission checks come and go when those big sums come in if you have a a divisive plan in place on how are you going to divide that money it just makes the math so much easier it takes the stress off you too it just anxiety goes away okay here's the percentage for giving and that's just going to go here yeah yeah love it hey awesome man i'm I'm so so excited so i'm curious too for i do want to touch just briefly on the branching out part because I, i thought that was really interesting in your book I'm curious, what's the hardest part that you've seen with with people or companies in general when it comes to branching out with the giving? So there's always a board, you know, at a company that says, yay or nay, or what's in it for me. Um, mm-hmm. so you have to kind of lead by example or help them understand to start small, sometimes with, with a business organization. So if you're an employee or, or you're running, you know, you're in charge of, you know, of the giving, um, you've got to help them understand the impact that you're having. You do have to kind of leverage the fact of educating people about the tax benefits, but quickly overcoming uh, some of those early objections with the, the business mindset. Uh, so for instance, one of the cool things about us being able to donate to Habitat each year is we get tax credits, totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought them to us, you know, after, after we started giving where they're like every dollar we give is a dollar off our taxes. It's like, 
hello, give, I'd rather give to Habitat than give to the government. I mean, I mean, I'm all about paying my fair share of taxes, but like I might as well. So that's a benefit. So if you've got somebody in an organization that's that's um, kind of poo-pooing on the parade of giving, start with that business mm-hmm. mindset, but then continue that conversation about the impact and how things are coming back to you and even maybe compel them to try it in their own life. Because no matter how much money you're making, there's always there's it seems to be always challenges and problems. <laughs> Just right. money doesn't solve all their problems, you know, uh, and to start educating, encouraging them you know, to see the bigger picture and to start testing it out for themselves and then realizing, hey, we're getting more than we're receiving now. Let's give more so we can receive more. Let's give more so we can serve more. Let's give more because other people are being blessed. And now we're able to see other people give because we're able to give. So it can snowball from there. I love it. How do you caution those guys that they, they, some, some guys go through this conversation like this, David, and they, they, they build up this in their mind that the expectation of the receiving part it, that comes from giving, you know, and, and we definitely, we're trying to make sure that we distinguish that we're not talking prosperity gospel here. So how do you clear that, clarify that up for guys who may be thinking that prosperity message? Cause that's definitely not the message you're delivering. <laughs> but I'd love to give you a chance just to, just to clear the air on that. Yeah. So I, th- I think that the, the prosperity side of things is where people, you know, just try to leverage the fact that, you know, they will get what they give. But then you're making right. point. You're taking the blessing and trying to give it to yourself. You're trying to control, you know, the uh, the outcome of your giving. And if you try to control something that's God's that's in God's hand, you'll find out who's in control really quick. You may not get the blessing that you should be deserving. You will absolutely get what God said he's going to give you, but you're not going to get the above and beyond. You're not going to get the additional relationship aspects. You're not going to get the true blessing that God's for you if you're giving to the letter of the law or you're giving you know, just enough or if you're doing it selfishly or publicly. Right. Um, it's funny when you said the, the, the tithing of, of, you know, of how much to give the percentage. I've always been a gross guy because, you know, what if I'm wrong? <laughs> I'd rather be wrong right. in the right direction, you know. But, you know, but if you're only doing to, to get uh, or only doing because you know that, um, you know, that, that whole, you know, that you will get what you receive, you're missing out. I really think you're leaving, you know, God's true blessing on the table. Right. Um, and, I, and I'm glad you, that you talked about the gross because, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other conversation, gross versus net. And look, guys, I always tell guys, that's the Holy Spirit. Whatever the Spirit's telling you, you know, have your prayer over that. I don't, I haven't seen in the scripture where it says gross versus net. I mean, there's arguments both ways. But uh, just just take it to the spirit and let them guide you. So, yep. hey, let's take our last break and we'll be right back. Outside of God's word, what should you be reading to grow as a Christian leader? It can be daunting to see all the options available these days. To help bring you some sanity to your search, we compiled all of our featured books of the week so you can make wise choices and strengthen your mind. The topics range from health, wealth, and self. So there's something there for all you guys. Whether you're looking for books for yourself or maybe you're researching ideas for other men, this is going to be a resource that brings you value. So check out the lionwithin.us forward slash book to see what would serve you the best right now and start sharpening your mind to be that leader you're predestined to be. That's the lionwithin.us forward slash book to learn more. So, so Dave, this has been great. I'm curious though, before we, before we wrap up, you know, when we start thinking about giving and we start thinking about the impact it has on others, to me, one word kept coming to mind as I was reading your book is is that was legacy and start thinking about the legacy that we're going to leave and the impact we're going to have. So what do you think giving 
what what is that impact on our legacy? So um, in the publishing world, we say all, all the time that readers beget readers. The more readers of a book you get, the more books you're going to sell, the more impact you're going to have on lives, the more people are going to be talking about the book, the more people are going to be buying the book. And it just rolls into that. That's true. And we all seek it in publishing. God's similarity in just us giving is the more that we inspire giving, the more that others are going to give, even in our family. You know, I've, I've seen mm -hmm. where I will be a generous you know, tipper. I will be a generous giver. And I don't make a big to-do of it. Just that people around me can see, you know, that I'm, I'm, I, I tend to be generous. So my kids are generous. My kids are being accused by their friends of over-tipping. My kids are catching the spirit of, of generosity in, uh -huh. in their lives, even sometimes in their time, just as much as their, their, uh, their money as well. So I think bre uh, breeding, uh, giving in the right, in the right light. Um, and it certainly can start with a family. It can certainly start with your coworkers. It can certainly start with your employees. It can start with your management above you all by seeing giving, Br giving breeds, giving, which breeds more giving from others as well. So it's a, it's a, it's reciprocal. The more you give, the more you inspire people to give. Uh, you're all over my friend. Well, we do the last part of the line with Dennis Davis. So we, we talk about, uh, we, we, we call it feeding time. Okay. So this is quick fire rapid. I got some questions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire at you just to let our listeners know a little bit more about you. This has been a great conversation on giving, but if you're willing to play the game, we'll jump in and, and, and have some fun. Oh, here. I love making a fool of myself. Let's do it. All right. All right. All right. It's all good stuff. <laughs> now, some of the questions are a little bit deep, but that's okay. Just, just whatever comes to mind. But right out the gate, I just want to know, what's your favorite thing about God, my friend? Oh, my gosh, his grace. I mean, I, you know, I have failed so many times. I have let him down so many times, and yet he keeps lifting me up and blessing me still. So his grace has got to be my, my favorite thing. Amen. What's your least favorite thing about Satan? Oh, he's tricky. He, he, <laughs> he is tricky. tricky. Like I talked about him he's trying to steal my joy on my pub date. You know, he knows yeah. exactly what buttons to push to steal, you know, joy and opportunity from us. So, yeah, got to watch out for that. Hey. Amen. What do you wish you would have learned about God sooner? Wow. You know, I've bl I was blessed to be raised in a, in a Christian home. Um, I went to a Christian school. I, I married a, a believer. You know, we went to church regularly. So I felt like I've had God in my life the whole time. But, you know, that relationship and understanding the gifts that we get by having that relationship and being lis listening mm -hmm. to God, listening to the Holy Spirit. I wish I learned that a whole lot here. I made poor decisions because I thought I needed to make this decision for the, for the, for me, or I wanted this versus right. is it the right thing to have right now? Maybe there's a bigger blessing coming. Uh, so I learned that I think that if I'd learned to listen more to that Holy spirit in the early years, um, mm. when I, well, I had never say when you don't need it, but, uh, in those early years before you really hone that talent, I think, uh, I would probably be in a much better place than I am even today. And I'm so blessed today, but I, again, I made you. mistakes. Lots of, we all do brother. So what are you currently struggling with right now? Um, oh, gracious. Um, that's a good question. So, you know, COVID was really tough on a lot of business. And I'm, I see a mm -hmm. lot of my friends in the publishing space that just didn't make it. There's some really good companies that did not make it through the COVID fiasco that some of us are still in, you know? Um, you know, we had a big challenge just like everybody else, but... Uh, God's grace was sufficient for us to pull through it, you know, maintain the relationships and get the revenue we needed to accommodate for all the bookstore closings, which because what happens when bookstores close, they return the books and 
our product right. will build 100% returnable for life. So going through the humility of, of doing all the things right, having thriving businesses, and then something happens completely out of control that just knocks your feet up from under you. And it's very stressful. Um, so, you know, building back from that, realizing it's in God's hands, the difficult decisions you have to make, you know, those things are, are, are challenging. So what's on my mind right now is just, you know, growing back from that, trying to help others. We were able to employ some people that came from houses that closed. We were able to take on some authors that, that, that were abandoned or orphaned by, by publishing house. So those are on my mind of how can I serve uh, such a crippled industry around the entrepreneurial side of, uh, of business where it might be an investment for us, but I think it'll be a blessing for us in the future as well as them. So I'm, last year, you know, it's been all about you know, surviving this, but also helping others survive this. So that's where we've been. And God's been a big, big part of that. I love it. Absolutely. So what did you spend too much time doing last year? <laughs> um, I don't know about too much time. Um, gracious. Well, okay. So in um, 2020, we didn't get a chance to do a whole lot because everything was closed. But 2021, right. things started to open up. So we spent an enormously larger amount of time at the beach cottage than we, than we did the previous year. So I can work from anywhere. And I worked a lot from the beach cottage last year. So maybe too much. Uh, what with the offices still closed? Nobody really missed me. But, you know, I did feel guilty. There you I go. felt guilty a little. Bit. OK. <laughs> OK. Two two more questions. What What's the new habit that you're going to create this year? OK, so I'm going to say it in faith because, you know, sometimes they don't always happen. Yep. But uh, my new habit is I'm going to to move more because um, I got out of the habit of, of, uh, of doing some walking. I got out of the habit of doing a little bit of exercise and when we were locked in the houses and I want to get back to it. Yeah. So I, my, my new habit is going to be getting back out there and moving around because my health needs it, of course, but it's also a good thing to do. I want to be around for a long time for my kids for as long as God wants me here. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. So last question for you, David, what's one thing that you hope the guys that are listening to this conversation today are going to take away and remember the power of generosity in their life can change their life to the positive. So I encourage everybody that's listening to me to just start looking for ways to give, even if, if small and understanding that it's a privilege that God's given us and there should be joy and there will be reward. So start something, start doing something different in your giving life and you will be, you will hey. be blessed. Amen, my friend. Well, where do you want guys to go to connect with you, to learn more, to buy the book? Just just any any links you'd like to share. We'll make sure we sync everything up. But just if you'd like to share with the listeners, that'd oh, be I'm great. Honored. Uh, I'm the founder of Morgan James Publishing, so you can certainly find me online there. Um, I actually have a gift for everybody if they want. It's also a great way to get connected to me. I'm honored to be able to, to give, if you want it, a copy of this book, Gorilla Mark. Excuse me. This isn't Gorilla Marketing. I'm so touched, Gorilla. Give you a copy of the book, Performance Driven Giving. If you go to performancedrivengift.com, that's performancedrivengift.com, you can download the, uh, the ebook to your favorite device. And you can also um, get a copy of the recording as well if you're an audio person. Uh, so take it, love it, enjoy it. You can get connected with me because I will capture your name and your email address in the process because I want to maintain or develop a relationship with you, of course. Amen. Well, thank that's very generous for you. So we'll, we'll make sure we sync that up in the show notes for you guys. 
definitely jump on it. This is a book you're not going to want to put down. It is going to be the book of the week. So spoiler alert for our FUD Friday listeners. Yes, this is the book of the week, but I'm telling you, it is it is amazing. So we'll have that link in there for the show notes as well. So David, anything else you'd like to share with the, the listeners today on the line with us? Uh, well, I appreciate the opportunity to share this with you guys. Um, thank you for that opportunity. Learn how giving can change your life because it has changed my life over the years for sure. Amen, my friend. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything. It's been an oh, honor. Thank you. Is your daily routine setting you up for success or failure? Each day is an opportunity to improve, and it starts with solid habits. We created a guide that outlines nine powerful habits that will strengthen the physical, mental, and spiritual areas of your life. To get your free guide, check out the link in the show notes or hop over to the lionwithin.us slash habits. That's the lionwithin.us slash habits and start creating the habits you need to be the leader you're predestined to be. So guys, I told you, I told you that conversation was going to be powerful. David had so much great insight right there. The, the 10 principles of giving, unreal. I mean, that that's just really good stuff. Biblically based, it's sound, it's solid, it's real. His stories around personal tithing and giving, the impact, the way he addressed the, that we're not talking prosperity gospel and just hit that head on. Guys, that's what it's all about. This may be an episode you want to share with a pastor or something like that, but there are ideas here in this conversation that could be shared from the pulpit and really make an impact. So guys, I pray you enjoyed it. Remember, the question I want you to think about this week, does giving cost you anything? Does it cost you anything? Because guys, that's just a, that's something you need to think about yourself. And remember, flip it upside down. Giving is not about, you know, uh, at the end. Giving should be at the beginning, at the beginning. So think about that. So guys, I pray you share this with others that out there, you know, go to the lionwithin.us, connect with us there, join the lion's den, check out the, 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 uh, resources that we've built, the Bible study, the online course, the 10 scriptures to fight like a lion, the habits that you need, the blogs. Guys, check out the coaching. If you're struggling, there's an opportunity. You can be a hero in your, in your family. You can. You have the power within. You just maybe need some, some help unleashing it. And guys, that's what I do. I take God's word and I help men see how can we apply this to our life and excel in the areas of health, wealth, and self. Now, this sounds like something that would interest you. Go to the, to the lionwithin.us, go to the coaching page and connect with me there. I will have, we'll have a conversation. And I guarantee you guys, we're going to have a conversation that's real, that's meaningful, and that can make an impact. So I look forward to talking to you. So again, guys, support us. Keep going out there. Check out the line within us. Uh, go, uh, the website is the best way to get in touch with us. Make sure you join the lion's den. Share this with others. Give us a rating and review. That does make a big difference. Come back on Friday for the fun Friday. I know you know what the book of the week is, but you don't know the dad jokes. So we want to come back and check all that out. Guys, I pray you have a great week. Remember to be that performance-driven giver and get out there and unleash the lion within. 